Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hi there, Cam here from Team Sirius. This week on the Beck and Siri Show, we've got Team Sirius coach Maddie Pish. She's going to go deep on the Team Sirius Tri Club swimming principles. She's going to explain why we've been getting such great results with our athletes and why our swim training is different. Hi everyone. Um, sorry that I'm a couple minutes late. I had some crazy traffic, but I hope you all got wind of the alternative live time, which it's 5.30 central time right now. Um, I'm in Wisconsin. I would have normally tried to do the regular uh, 5.30 mountain time, but I had other plans, so we had to switch to here. Um, but I hope everyone is doing well. Um, right now I'm uh, helping out Siri and Beck um, and picking up the live chat for you all. So um, the first thing, well, first, I want to start out with a couple of things. Um, the first thing I want to do is welcome all of the new members. Um, I hope that a lot of you will jump on here in a few minutes. But um, thanks to our Thanksgiving Black Friday deal, we had so many new members, um, more than we've had in a long time. And I think we have almost 20 new ones. So um, I will go ahead and start welcoming all of you. I hope you all know um, how to access our live chats. Maybe I'll wait for to see if a few more will jump on. But um, so in the meantime, I just earlier today, I posted on the club and gave you guys um, made sure that you all know that you can reach out to me or Troy or Mary Carmen. Um, we are the other coaches, if you don't know, in the club. Um, and right now, um, just with helping out Siri and Beck, um, we want to make sure that we are stepping up as leaders of the club too. So I gave you uh, my email, Mary Carmen's email, and you can also email or message us on Facebook if you want to send us a personal note, or you're always welcome to ask it on the group's wall. If you ask it on the wall, everybody will see it and we'll be able to respond back as individual coaches and our team members can also help out too. You know, and of course today, like every day, I want to just send out all of my own strength and good vibes to Siri and Beck. Don't be uh, nervous to reach out with any questions you have. All right, so it looks like we have a few more people on. So I will go ahead and get started with welcoming all of the new members. I hope that you all will, I will pronounce all of your names correctly, um, but you can correct me like in the comments if I'm incorrect. Okay, so Priselda Mendoza, welcome. Kieran Macy, Karen Ann Goebel. Ricky Halim, Patrice Wheel, Susan Butts, Jillian Donvito, who is um, a friend of one of my platinum athletes, Lisa Lipari. Um, so thank you, Lisa, for bringing Jillian to our club. Uh, we have Shelly Dunaway, Vincent Hassel, who is the brother of one of our current members, Diana Hassel. Uh, Ileana Villar, Heather Frey-Ensley, Maddie Ruther, 
Barbara Grooms, Becca Saha, who is also going to be a new platinum athlete for uh, Coach Mary Carmen Farias. So congratulations to both of you, and you're going to make a great team. Uh, Ronald Pran, Julie McComb, Leanne Lydiard, Hani Gadala, which is who uh, he is one of my new gold athletes. Um, he lives in Madison, Wisconsin with me, so we will be working in person a lot um, as well as online. And then Michael Scarton. Um, I think that was all of the new members that were welcomed on the group. We might have a few more trickling in within this week, so make sure that you jump on and welcome all of them. Um, I also wanted to personally welcome an athlete who ha is already in our club. She's been in our club for a few months, but she is going to be working with me now as a platinum athlete. That is Joanne Peterman. So welcome, Joanne, to my coaching team, and I'm really excited to be working with you in 2020. Okay, um, the other shout out I wanted to give was to our coach, Troy Romero, um, because yesterday he not only finished, but he also took second place at the Patagon Man Triathlon in Chile. Uh, he took second only to Tim Don, which is just an incredible thing to be able to say. I took second only next to Tim Don. So congrats, Troy. Um, and we're just super proud of you. If I remember uh, when Troy told me about that race, and it was a couple of years ago, like it wasn't when he was going to be doing it. It was um, when his athlete was doing it because his athlete did it a year before he did it. And I just remember when he first told me about it, I was like, what? That's insane. Because it absolutely is insane. Like, um, you all should look it up and follow it. Um, you start, like, swimming in the dock off a boat, and it's dark. And the bike has, like, an insane amount of climb. It's at altitude. The run is, like, on trails and also an insane amount of climb. Um, so, Troy, we definitely want you to jump on here as soon as you're recovered and explain the experience to all of us. Um, and I'm certainly really excited to hear about it, and I know that a lot of other people will be too, so congratulations to Troy, and um, I also was just thinking about this race result, and I just wanted to say, like, how extra congrats to Troy, I guess, because I know, like, how hard he has worked this year, um, and I think that it really is just kind of emblematic of what we value on Team Sirius, right? So this is Troy's first year as a pro, um, which is a huge accomplishment to be racing on that level. And um, he had a, an injury at the beginning of the year, so that was difficult. And his racing has kind of happened in the second half of the year. And um, he's had a few performances, like he had a few good races, a few races that um, I know he was a little bit unsatisfied with. Um, but the thing about Troy is you can just see, like, every single day that he really shows um, what Siri says is trusting the process, right? So, like, no matter what, like, no matter how things are going for you, getting up and working extremely hard every day, um, trusting that things are going to go in the right direction for you and that things are going to click one day, um, no matter if you're, like, if you're doing super well and you're on fire to ride that high, 
And then when things are going really hard to work through it, to keep making changes, to stay consistent, and that that consistency eventually pays off. And I think that Troy is just a really amazing example from it. Um, I've learned a lot from him and he's a great coach and athlete for all of us. That's what I have to say. Okay, so let's see. I also wanted to say, I don't see any questions yet. Um, I know I'm going to transition here and talk about the swim now, but please continue posting if you have any questions because I definitely want to make sure that I get to all, all of your questions. So if you are a new member and you don't know, if you have questions right now, you can just write them in the comments of this video. And if I see them while I'm doing the live chat, then I'll, I'll go ahead and answer them. If you think of questions after the chat, like you aren't able to watch this chat live or something else comes up um, based off of what I've said today, you can continue to ask questions in the comments after the live video is finished up. And then we coaches will answer them afterwards as well. So any questions based on this video, post them in the comments during the live session or after the live session. That's pretty much everything for introductions. Um, I see that MC's on here. So MC, if you have any other like welcomes or anything like that, let me know. Um, so for today's main topic, I wanted to talk about the swim. As you guys know, um, I posted about that a couple days ago. The idea that I had to talk about the swim came up for a couple of different reasons. Um, it's because I've been working with a lot of my athletes right now. My, my platinum athletes are in their off seasons and I'm having them do swim blocks, which I know that Siri and Beck have talked about on previous live chats. Um, so that has kind of gotten me in tune with the benefits of the swim. Um, but I also have several new athletes, and so I was kind of thinking about what I've been talking through with my new athletes as well. And I think that a lot of people who are new to the team will find that we do swimming a lot differently than other triathlon teams do. And I think we do it in a really great way. Like, I, I can't really, I, I can't uh, talk about it enough. And just that, I think that we have a swim program that not only improves your swim, but it also really complements the bike and the run. So your training programs, if you're on a training plan from us, if you are coached from us, um, your plans are ingeniously designed um, to not only just benefit you in the swim, but the swim training that you do translates across the whole sport, right? So I think that's a, a kind of a tough idea to understand because kind of in a traditional approach to triathlon training, you know, you think about, okay, I'm going to improve my run. I'll run more. I'm going to improve my bike. I'll go bike more. I'll improve my swim. I'll swim more. But I think that what happens a lot of times is that the swim starts to get ignored for a few reasons. Um, I think that a lot of times people will do swim training that doesn't complement the run in the bike, and I'll explain that a little bit more in a bit. And I think another thing is that swimming is the shortest part of the race. A lot of people, like, if they're already good at swimming, I think there's a tendency to think, okay, I've already got the swim down, so I'm going to focus on the bike and the run, which are my weaker areas. That, that would be where I'm coming from. Now, for somebody else who their swim is something that's new to them, they um, are intimidated by it. So, it might scare you the most. And it might be the session that when you take a look at the week and you have to cut something out, the swim is the first to go. 
You know, I've heard that happen a lot of times too. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about t Team Serious swim training. So on Team Serious, what we do is, as I say, the swim complements the bike and the run. So let's say you're gonna do an Ironman race and you're following one of our training programs and you get better at swimming, okay? So you get out of the, uh, the water in your Ironman race and you're, let's say, five minutes faster or maybe 10 minutes faster, that would be a huge improvement, okay, right? But you're still thinking, okay, so I got five minutes faster on the swim, I got 10 minutes faster out of this huge race that's like hours and hours long, right? So when you think about it that way, it's like, well, I should spend more time biking or running. But the truth is that if we can cut five, 10 minutes off your swim, what also is going to happen is that you've become a much better swimmer and you are going to be way more efficient in the water, right? So you get out five minutes earlier from the swim, but you also have lots and lots of energy left over. You didn't totally exhaust yourself on that Ironman swim. And now you come out of the swim and you're able to give so much more on the bike, give so much more on the run. And then the other thing is that through that swim training, we develop a better fitness level. So swimming is a, is a zero impact exercise, right? So we're able to, by doing more swimming, we're able to gain fitness in the pool, extra fitness, I'll call it, um, that you weren't able to go out and just run endless miles, endless miles, endless miles, because your body would break down. But we're able to build that extra fitness in the pool and have it translate to the bike and translate to the run. Okay, so what I wanted to talk about then is, so how does this swim training actually get executed in our training plans? So I spoke a little bit about, you know, just swimming more. And I think that's definitely true. So like, <clears throat> On the professional squad, we swim four to five days a week. And we'll pretty much every day we have a session in the morning and often a swim in the afternoon. So it's two sessions a day, swim pretty much every day, paired with a bike or with a run. But most people don't have time to do double sessions every day. <clears throat> so what we do as coaches is we take this training program and we make it work for anybody's schedule, right? So most of the athletes that I train they might have time for like, they might do the majority of their training in the morning. And then sometimes they might have time for a little session later in the day. But oftentimes, they're only able to do one session per day, unless we're on the weekends, right? So in that case, okay, maybe you're not swimming five days a week, but I would still pretty much have all of my athletes swimming three to four days per week. Okay, so how I would pair that up is I would probably have one day that is a swim only day. And oftentimes that swim only day is going to be an intense session. We'll do it a lot on like a Monday or a Tuesday after a big weekend of being in your legs, right? So you had a big weekend of a long bike and a long run. Then you might have a rest day <clears throat> or you might have a swim only day on your Monday. And so um, oftentimes that swim only day is going to be a speed swim. So it's gonna feel really hard. And the thing is that it has a few purposes. One of the purposes is that we're developing strength while you're under fatigue. So you're under a little bit of fatigue from that weekend. Now we're asking you to go hard on the Monday or the Tuesday. And you might feel like crap, but at the same time, um, you are building that strength when you're under fatigue by asking yourself to do sprints when you're tired. Um, 
So what that does, um, what that workout will look like is it'll be a lot of shorter sprints with higher rest intervals. That's what I mean by a speed swim. So the thing about having a, a speed swim day is that it's really hard aerobically and it is hard on your muscles, but it's not as hard on your body as is the run or the bike, right? Because it's zero impact. So by placing a hard swim on a day where it would be an injury risk to do a hard bike or a hard run, we're able to still get in that hard training, but take off the impact load a little bit. Hope that makes sense. So then the next session I would always try to include for my athletes would be a strength swim. So with a strength swim, um, I'll talk a little bit where you're going to need a pull buoy, you're going to need a band, and you're going to need some paddles. Um, so these are all tools that we use to develop strength. A strength swim is going to be longer swims, but you're going to have a lot of pull. So you'll be pulling with your upper body, you'll be pulling with the band only, so your legs tied together. So what a strength swim does is it builds power up top in your swim. So most of your power in your swim stroke comes from your pull. So you're building power up here, but you're doing a lot of pull, right? So you're taking the load off of your legs. So I might put a strength swim like maybe after a hard run or after a hard bike. You know, you get on the treadmill in the morning and then later you have a shorter swim that is a strength swim. Or you could couple a strength swim with like an easier bike or a run, right? But it might be good to do with another session. It doesn't have to be long. Um, the next swim I would say would be a longer swim that is, I call it the big hard swim. I don't know. So these are swims where like Siri will put titles like the killer set or like, oh, what's another one? The Siri special or something like that. And when you see a title like that, you're like, oh man, what's this going to be like? It's going to be some crazy hard thing. Um, so what I think of as the big, the big hard swim, okay, it's going to be a little bit less of speed work um, sometimes, but what it might be is it might be like what, she, what the killer swim was, was it was like speed work coupled with some hard race pace, longer swims, like a 200 or a 300, right? So you're working on doing your re race pace while you're under fatigue. So I'm not just asking you to go do like a 2K time trial, right? I'm asking you to get yourself under fatigue, like do a couple hundred sprint, and then let's do a 300 at race pace, trying to hang on as best as you can to the hard time. Okay, so stuff like that. So it'll be um, race pace, longer distances, uh, some speed work. And another element of that is that you're going to be asking yourself to hold an interval. So like for me, you know, if I'm swimming in the meters pool, like Siri might give me some hundreds on the 120 and it won't be like too many of them, but it'll be like, okay, five 100s on 120, you know, going hard, seeing how hard you can go, but it's on a really short rest. So there's kind of a danger of not making that interval, right? So trying to hold on to the highest pace you can. And then the last swim, this is the one that I actually wanted to make sure to talk about the most. And I call it the Sunday swim. So the Sunday swim is going to be the hardest mentally. And when the swim usually comes is it's after your hard bike on your Saturday or your hard break, after your long run, okay? So you're under a bunch of fatigue. 
And what you're going to have on that Sunday swim is it's usually a long aerobic swim. Okay, so it might be a set like 10 400s with different equipment. It might be a set of 40 100s trying to hold a certain interval and an aerobic effort. Right, so it's going to be a long swim. You might feel like it's a little boring mentally, but this swim is so important, okay? One time I talked to someone who told me, oh, I always skip the Sunday swim because I'm just tired after my long bike. I'm just tired after my long run, and I just, I can't make it to the pool on a Sunday afternoon. And I was like, guys, if you're going to cut out one swim, don't cut out the Sunday swim, okay? Because the thing is that the Sunday swim is important for building that aerobic base, right? But it's also super important for recovery, okay? So after you've gone on that long ride and after you've gone on that long run, your legs are going to want to stiffen up. They're going to want to just freeze and be done for the week, okay? And if you do that, if you don't go swim it all off, you're going to go into the next week under more fatigue and your legs are going to be feeling like trash and you're not going to be recovered for the intense sessions you have coming up. Okay, so the Sunday swim is super important because it's aerobic based often and it might feel really bad, like you might feel super slow, you might not feel great, you are fatigued, but it's really important for getting that blood flowing and trust me, you'll feel better on Monday if you do that aerobic swim on Sunday. I hope that makes sense. Let me go over a few other things I had and then I'll get to your questions, okay? I'll get to all the questions, thank you. MC says, speed spectacular. Yes, that is another one of uh, series titles. Another thing I wanted to say, guys, is when you go traveling, I know it can be super tempting to say that you don't have any access to a pool, but I will say that I've found access to a pool every single place I go. Okay, I have a few tips for that. <clears throat> It can be difficult if you're in a foreign country, but I have like gone to pools where I spoke nothing, had no idea like what their schedule is. I get in the pool and, and people are talking to me in different languages. Like, I'm serious, like you can find a way to make it work. Um, and especially like if you're in a place where you speak the language, then there's like really no excuse or if you have internet. Um, so if you're in the US, I would always recommend going to a YMCA. Um, because they have great rates or look online and see if that city has a recreation center because a lot of times city recreation center pools are going to have a really cheap swim rate so it'll be like three or four dollars right if you do something like if you go to a private athletic club that's when it gets expensive okay so if you just go to a cheap rec center ymca something like that it's going to be cheap if you try to go to a local uh, athletic club, it might be more like 15, 20, $25 to get in. So that's just a tip I have for you. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about equipment. So I mentioned the tools that we use, uh, paddles, pull buoy, and band. And best thing to know, if you have not used these, this equipment before, it's gonna take a little while to get used to it. Right, so the purpose of the band is we tie our ankles together and we're forced to swim with just our arms out front. It really helps with core engagement. Um, it also really helps with stroke turnover rate, um, but you're gonna feel like you're drowning, okay? So I, I know that a lot of you, if you're a new member, look back at our videos about the band. Um, Siri has a really great one. Um, 
people are joking about feeling like they're in an L position. And trust me, we've all been there. Um, and it's going to take some time. You know, I, I was remembering when I went to first train with Siri, I'd been training with Siri for six months and I had just started using the band. I had been using it for six months, but I went to Siri and like, I could keep up with all my teammates except when I would put on the band. So I'd put on the band and I'd be left way the hell behind. And I, I told that to Siri. I was like, why am I like so much farther behind when I wear the band? And that inspired a big motivational pep talk. But the thing that um, she told me was that, like, how can I expect to be as good as the other people at the band when I'd only been doing it for six months and other people had been doing it for years and years, right? So you, um, the takeaway was like, meet yourself where you're at. And even if you feel like you're really bad with a piece of equipment, keep working on it, keep working on it, keep working on it. Don't try to be as good as the other people, but just try to be better than yourself. And trust me, the band is going to transform your swim. You'll swim better than you ever have before. I have zero doubt about that. Okay, as far as the paddles, um, my favorite paddles are the Stroke Maker brand. Um, I can post a link to that later on. But the purpose of the paddles is to build extra upper body strength and to give you a different feel of the water um, to help you get up your turnover while having more strain on your muscles um, and the idea of the paddles is that when you're wearing the paddles you should be able to swim faster than when you don't have them now if you're new to paddles that might be difficult um, but keep working at it and also try to maintain the same stroke mechanics as you do when you don't have the paddles on okay a couple other things for me um, so I mentioned about the intervals before one thing I wanted to mention was when you're doing the intervals, if your coach gives you an interval that's difficult to make, um, try to stick on that interval as much as you can, right? So the tendency can be, and I've been there before too, when you miss the interval, to take extra rest, to stop, and to get thrown off the set, right? The best thing that you can do for yourself is try to hang on to that interval as best as you can. Don't stop but just keep going and see if you can keep getting close to it. Okay, you gained five extra seconds. We'll now try to hang on that interval with that five extra seconds there, okay? So like, for example, in that 4100 set, um, if I'm outside in the meters pool and I'm doing um, 125, so let's say I start and I'm on number like 12, 13, and all of a sudden I'm not making that 125, Okay, what do I do? I start coming in on the 126, the 127. I don't stop. I don't stop and like wait another minute and try to get back on. Try to just stay swimming as fast as you can and say, okay, well now I'm hitting the 127. Try to hit on the 127, 127. Um, what I do is I try to maintain that pace as best as possible for the remainder of the 100s. So if I had 20 and I made it until number 13, I keep going through till number 20. And then maybe at the end of those number 20, I'm like, okay, well, at the end, I missed the last eight or so by two seconds. So then I can say, okay, well, I did 12 of them on the 125, and then I did eight of them on the 127, right? So go with that. And then the next time you go to that set, say, okay, well, last time, I did 12 on the 125, 12 on the 127. So this time I'm going to try to I'm going to try to do all 20 on the 125 
or at the very least try to do better than 12 on 125. Hope that makes sense. Um, my other tip, don't use your watch when you're swimming. Okay, I know we've said this before, zero Garmin at the pool. Um, I know Siri said if you bring your Garmin to the pool, she will step on it and break it. Uh, don't worry um, if you're coming to the January camp, she won't actually do that, but um, I think she might actually do that if, if I did that or something, brought the Garmin to the pool. So you do not need a Garmin at the pool. The reason is because there is a pace clock at the pool, right? So you can watch that pace clock and trust me, like if you're trying to make an interval, like if I'm trying to make the 125, I need to look at the pace clock because messing with my watch is going to take way too much time, right? So I can't get to the, get to the end, stop my watch, start my watch, because I don't have enough time to do that. I'm hitting the wall and I'm going right away for the next one. Really, if you can, let go of bringing that garment to the pool. Just use the pace clock and you can always go and write your times into training peaks later. That's what I do. That's how I communicate. So let's see what questions you guys have. So Dan has a question. He says, how do you recommend using the any buoy? Fill it halfway in one chamber, fill both, etc." Okay, so the any buoy um, is a great tool because <clears throat> unlike a traditional pull buoy, you can adjust how buoyant it is. So if you start with the any buoy, it has two chambers that you fill. If you have them not filled, then you have the full buoyancy, right? Because it's it's all air. If you fill it halfway, so for halfway, I actually like to fill both chambers halfway, and that's going to give you kind of like a medium buoyancy level. Um, and then if you fill them all the way, that's going to be for um, to have the least buoyancy, right? And it's actually going to create a little bit of drag and make it harder. So Dan, um, if you're doing a recovery set, like if you're just warming up with your pull buoy, or if it's um, a recovery day or a recovery portion of your set, then I would have the any buoy just completely empty so it can give you the full buoyancy effect. Um, if you are doing a strength set, like if it is a set of if it is like a fart like set where you are supposed to be you know building some strength with with some up tempo intervals or if you are doing like a set of 10 100s um if it's kind of like a main set strength component where you are building strength with the pull buoy instead of recovering that's when i would try you know start with filling it halfway see how hard that fills and you can practice filling it with more and more water so i hope that helps um, Susan, you were asking for the glossary of terms. Um, let me make sure I um, follow up follow up about that. Um, so your glossary of terms, if you bought a plan, usually in the first week of that plan, it starts out with a glossary of terms where it talks all about the different equipment that you need, what the efforts mean, everything like that. So I would look there if you're on a plan. Um, otherwise, the glossary of terms should also be available in the Tri Club app. Um, but let me make sure um, we can follow up on that individually too after the chat. Okay, Lisa, um, can I explain for the new members how our swimming is different? I hope I already answered that question. Um, so please let me know if there are any like outstanding questions you have about that. Is it possible to be overreaching the hand entry? Can you explain proper hand entry and placement? Okay, so yes, I would say it is possible in a way. 
But what I generally think of as overreaching <clears throat> with your hand is a crossover, right? So I might say that someone's overreaching if they reach and they cross the plane of their head, right? So when you reach, you want to be just directly. It doesn't look like that on the camera, <laughs> but you want to be directly in front of your shoulder. And I actually have the best reach if I am reaching forward with my body here, right? So think about if I'm swimming flat like this and my hands are only ever reaching out this front, this far forward, look what my hand does when I reach all the way by turning my body. It goes way more far forward. So you can't really overreach, I think, in the sense of what you're asking, Lisa. But what we want to do, when you have high turnover, it's going to promote <clears throat> a farther reach out front. So you can't really overreach as long as your extension, as long as your hand is still placed in front of your shoulder. And then the other thing with that is that with the pull, you want to make sure that you are starting your pull by pointing your fingertips down, right? So as soon as I pull, the first motion is bending my elbow. You can't really see that. Bending my elbow, fingertips down. What you want to avoid is if you are doing any part of your pull where your whole arm drops like this before you bend and you catch, that's what we kind of call dropping the elbow or missing your catch out front. Um, so that would be kind of what I would think of as overreaching. If someone is reaching so far that they can't get the power position of their catch to start catching right away. But I wouldn't be so concerned about overreaching as I would just with the position of your hand entry, making sure that it's directly in front of your shoulder so that you are not entering wide or crossing over with your arm. Okay, I hope that helps. How does doing the pull training impact an athlete who has a history of shoulder deltoid injury? Yeah, that's a good question, Angela. So if you have had an issue with your shoulders in the past, I would kind of look at two things. So um, I would first really want to assess your technique because most shoulder injuries in swimming are related to improper technique. Um, so we would first want to look at what's happening with that, right? If there's any sort of crossover happening, most shoulder injuries are associated with crossover, or if you're pulling too wide, which can put extra strain on your shoulder too. So first technique assessment. And then the second thing with that is that you should just be a little careful with the pull equipment. The thing that I would maybe modify the most would be the paddles. So you should be okay with just using the pull buoy, right? Especially um, if you are careful with it. And I would start out with just easy and then kind of ease into the, maybe the harder pull sets. Um, then you can probably add the band only. So band only is still gonna be less strain on your shoulders, but it'll be a little bit more intense than the pull buoy band. And then I would progress to the paddles. And another thing you can do if you have shoulder problems is you can mix up, you can uh, change up what size of paddles you use. So the smaller the paddle, um, the less strain it will be on your shoulders. So maybe pick a paddle that goes like just beyond your fingertips instead of like a big one that's up here. 
um, that can help too. But the paddles is certainly going to um, ask for the most muscular power out of your arms and your shoulders. So that's what I would be adding less. Um, let me know if you have any other questions about that. I so feel like I'm always drowning or in an L position. Yeah. Um, Dan, I know that you are working really hard and I, I do think you should take a video, I think, as MC said, and then let's see, like, in six months from now, you'll be swimming so much better. Oh, the other, like, the other thing with band only is just start out with 25s, right? So if you feel like you are in that sinking position, just do short breaks, like 25, stop, reset, 25, and that should help so that you can't sink too much. Okay. When and what are the best foods to eat or drink before swimming? I usually have a banana to help with cramping, but what else? <clears throat> yeah, so Jillian, um, we have a lot of chats on, I know you're a new member, and we have a lot of chats where we talk about um, the fueling, and maybe that's also something that um, Mary Carmen talks a lot about nutrition, so maybe that's something she can post about. <clears throat> Um, I think that, yes, you have to. Um, some of us have sensitive stomachs when it comes to swimming. Um, what I would do is eat maybe like an hour before the session, um, a bigger amount of food. Um, I think banana is great. Banana with peanut butter and toast, something like that. Um, I never eat spicy food before I swim. I never eat acidic food before I swim. Um, so something that's, you know, carbohydrate heavy and is going to keep your stomach happy. Um, but you will find that um, some of our swims in the training plans are longer. So if your swim is going to be longer than an hour, I would also plan to eat during the swim. So I would either have a carb drink with you or I would have a gel um, <clears throat> or a little bar that you can take some bites out of. Um, you're gonna find that if you're in the pool for more than an hour, you're gonna wanna have that little energy boost during the session as well. Dan, yeah, so um, Jillian, yeah, I would definitely recommend um, the F2C. I use the F2C during my swims for sure. Um, so either the glycodurance um, or the endurance five to one I would have before the swim, actually. Is a hard set one where your arms cadence goes as fast as they can, easy set, a slower cadence? Well, that's a really good question um, because the thing that we try to do with our swimmers is we actually try to have you increase your turnover in all of your swims. So even when you're swimming aerobically to have a higher turnover, <clears throat> but if you're really not used to high turnover, that can be difficult. So um, what I would practice is maybe when you're doing the pull buoy band, trying to have a high turnover the whole time, but not using as much muscle power so that way it's not as hard aerobically. So you can still have a high turnover when you're swimming easy, but it's gonna take some practice, right? So I'm moving my arms quickly out front, but I'm not pulling as hard as I would be if I was doing a sprint. And then when you're doing a, a hard swim, you're absolutely gonna have your turnover up all the way. Um, so I would, I would work on getting your turnover up all around and then see if you can distinguish between <clears throat> when you're swimming easy but a high turnover and when you're swimming hard by a hard turnover. Um, I know that can be hard to do, um, but we certainly never want to have a long loping stroke out front. Hope that will help. Angela, if you have any tips for um, what you do with your stomach too, I'm sure that would be helpful. Um, but I will probably ask MC if she can follow up on that 
And maybe um, Jillian, since you were the one who asked the question, maybe she can tag you in it too. All right, thank you so much, everybody. Um, it's been great talking with you. Um, I have date night with my girlfriend and I, so I got to go get ready for that. But I hope you all have a great night. And again, if you have any other questions, just ask in the comments and we'll follow up there. All right, great. Have a good one. Bye. Hey there, Cam here again. Some great tips there by Maddie. I hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget, if you want to join these chats live, you can join the Tri Club at teamseriustriclub.com.